0: You people... with him? You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. I am Razor Ramon, The bad guy. Here comes, the Razor. No! Still We got a new
1: champion on. No! No! Hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last
0: but bad guys do <pause> hey yo 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 hey yo, hey yo.
2: That's a hell of an intro. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) A lot of of heyos. Well, we all were trying to do impressions of it before we went live, right? (laughs) Terrible. We we just can't do it. We don't do it
0: justice. I've tried that before. I'm not going to do that again. It's
2: not good. (laughs) But your enthusiasm was was appreciated, though, I think. (laughs) So, uh, what, about a month ago, we lost Scott Hall. Yep. March 14th, 2022, at the age of uh, 63 years old. I don't know, uh, uh, kind of a, a pillar of our childhood, I guess, from wrestling. You know,
1: yeah, for sure.
2: Like you, you know, you think of like the, the people you watch growing up. It's like you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Razor Ramon. Yep. You know, I almost feel like Razor was one of those people that crossed over, like people who didn't even know wrestling. Like they could see like a Razor shirt, they're like, oh, I, I know who Razor is. Like he's one of those wrestling guys. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to know wrestling to know who Razor Ramon was Scott Hall.
0: That's a fair statement sometimes. And then they followed it up with,
2: you know, wrestling's fake, right? Yeah, right. Stupid asshole. <laughs> <answer. laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's fake. Oh, you still watch that? Uh, yeah, you still watch fucking The Big Bang Theory? Guess what? That's <laughs> fake. That's fake. That is not real. That's a fake television program, but you fucking watch it. Oh, you still watch Grey's Anatomy? Guess what? That's fake. It's not real, but you watch it every fucking week and you get lost in it and you enjoy it and you go on the emotional roller coaster. Get off our dicks about it. We like wrestling. We like watching men in tights tell dramatic stories.
1: You got them hot now. Yeah.
0: We got red it, ass mic now. It, yeah. God damn, we're off to sure a good start. It's supposed to be a
2: tribute show. <laughs> we have gotten, and more so quite a bit lately, and now this is going to piss a lot of listeners off, well, the ones who are tuning in, requests for wrestling shows. When are you guys going to do a wrestling podcast? You know, what, are you guys going to talk more wrestling? That's true. Maybe we will. Perhaps. But we thought, you know, if we're ever going to take a chance to just do kind of like a a free bonus show, we all loved Razor Ramon Scott Hall. Let's shoot the shit, just get drunk and talk about him for a little bit and see what people think. Maybe this will turn into something. Maybe people have asked for, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to our show that this is not going to be for them. I understand that we're not trying to replace anything. We're not trying to, you know, change what Necronomapod is. We're just trying to do, you know, something a little different. Have some fun with it. Fair enough.
1: That's it's all. Something I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. You know, I feel like I was bringing it up a lot. And then all of a sudden there's some listeners that are like, oh, I don't even know anything about wrestling. But I just like listening mm-hmm. to you guys talk about it.
2: The amount of listeners we've had that say, yeah, I don't know shit about wrestling. But when you guys talk about it, it's so much fun and cool to me. And I learn a lot. We had people on the the Zoom happy hour for our $10 patrons a few weeks ago saying like, Oh, I've been texting my friend, all this wrestling stuff that I learned from you guys. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, you know, or like how people use kayfabe. Yeah. In the real world, kayfabe Mm -hmm. and and shoot and work and stuff like that.
1: Worked yourself into a shoot. Yeah.
2: All that, all that fun (laughs) stuff for those that don't know, kayfabe means kind of like to protect, to protect the secrets, you know, like if, you know, stay in character. Yeah. If Ian would, were to be like, oh, Mike, I saw you eating that fucking double cheeseburger two minutes before we went on the air. I'd be like, hey, kayfabe, motherfucker. Like, you know, <laughs> don't tell people my business. Like, And in the wrestling business, kayfabe, you know, kind of means like, you know, don't don't give away the secrets. Like, people know it's fake, but you don't have to tell them how we do it or, you know, things like that. Uh, a work means like fake, like predetermined. And a shoot means like, oh, that was kind of like
0: legitimate or for real. I'm just a casual observer on this show.
2: Dave's here to learn, much like I am every fucking Sunday when I show up.
0: <laughs> the roles are reversed. Yeah, I've ever like since before since I started hanging out with you guys, I hadn't really thought about wrestling for a long time. Like it was just not in my wheelhouse anymore. Look, <laughs> yeah. like, well, you know, for you a mean, long you time. Mean, you mean you grew up, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> but like, you tell us stories about what you stuff you used to go to. Oh yeah. And Ian and I are like, oh, that's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. What was the show the 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 strap match you saw? Chief Wahoo McDaniel and uh, Dusty Rhodes in an Indian strap match. I think like in 1984 at the Cleveland Convention Center. <laughs> See, <laughs> That's awesome. That's Me and funny, my buddy yeah. took uh took the train downtown. I think we were probably like 13. See, I yeah, remember that old yeah. school NWA shit. Yeah. Yeah. Loved wrestling back in those those days when I was younger, but I just haven't you know. I haven't thought about it in a long time, so it's kind of interesting. Well, as, as most normal
2: people you know, probably grow up and they're like, all right, well, I'm going to move out with my life.
0: Meanwhile, I'm sending pictures to you
2: guys of uh, Kane action figures at Target. <laughs> <laughs> and then some of us don't grow up. <laughs> Excuse me. But then, Dave, you even got back into it a little bit in the 90s, like the Attitude Era type, with uh, when, when wrestling was probably at its biggest it's ever been. WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars. You watched it a little bit more then.
0: Yeah. When like my son was that age, we started getting into wrestling and watching all that. I remember one time we went to uh WWE WWF at the time was in, in town and it was the same day as uh a Cleveland Indians playoff game. So we were and he had made I forget what sign he'd made, probably a Stone Cold or a DX sign. A or, DX Suck it. <laughs> <it's> probably <laughs> a suck it sign. And we were walking to the arena, you know, and it's right next door to the the Progressive where, Field. Where yeah. Progressive where the Indians play. And like walking next to a bunch of Indians fans are like, oh, what's your sign saying?" So we not like, it's a wrestling sign. So like, suck it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Even even the people who were like in favor of changing the Indians name were like turning their noses up to you. <laughs> they were like, oh, look at these people look at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Fantastic. But then during that time, too, you
0: became familiar with Scott Hall. Oh yeah, watching all those old WCW shows and Cause you, you, It was you a watched, good time in wrestling back then You watched more WCW than Ian and
2: I did back then we, we watched a
0: lot of WCW Like I can't really recall right, specifics but, like your uh, fucking encyclopedia right. <laughs> knowledge <laughs> not, not asking you to but I remember it was pretty cool back you, in those days Yeah, you were watching the NWO
2: Ian yeah. and
1: I were more WWE guys Yeah, it kind of felt like being a traitor to watch WCW
2: I would watched a little bit, and you know, it I was never cool. watched it. I was like,
1: "Fuck that!"
0: I mean, WCW was on the cusp of crushing them. Well, for eighty three straight weeks, they kicked their basically. Ass in the like, if yeah. some different decisions had been made, mm-hmm. you know, it might be WCW today, right? Right. They, you know, they could have bought out WWE. You know, I mean, that was close. Like, there
2: were WWE was on hard times for a while, yeah. like 95, 96, even in ninety seven. If it wasn't for Stone Cold Steve Austin taking off, WWE might have went under. That, I think, is probably a possibility, sure. Yeah, with the NWO coming up. Scott Hall, like we said, born, and we're not going to do, like, a full bio type thing, anything like that. We're just going to kind of want to shoot the shit. But born October 20th, 1958, and he kind of came up, like, in that territory system, you know, back when that was a thing before Vince McMahon bought up all the little the territories being
0: like all the little minor promotions all across the country. That in and of itself is a very interesting story. Like how that came together and the, the fighting cross promotion. Oh man. Fighting and AWA and uh, NWA. And like my favorite when I was a kid was Georgia championship wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like that was the best with Tommy rich and buzz Sawyer and all those guys fucking love that and then you had what like Dusty Rhodes was in Georgia for a while and Ric Mm -hmm. Flair and all you know all those guys went through I think Gordon Soley and Georgia Championship Wrestling man that was our jam Gordon was awesome I used to get that Pro Wrestling Illustrated subscription man like those are probably worth a fortune right Ian and I would be jerking off over all of his memorabilia (laughs) I had a subscription I I had tons of them (laughs) you just throw that shit out you know I I wish I would have put it in a box somewhere but who thinks about that back then yeah
2: Well, and that's what Scott Hall kind of came up through some of that working in, you know, Florida and Charlotte and Kansas City and stuff. And then kind of, I think, had his first big break in AWA, which you mentioned, Dave, which is up in like the Minneapolis territories Mm -hmm. for Vern Gagne, who was uh, I mean, I guess if you break it down after the territory, you know, the territory system, there was the NWA, the AWA NWA was like the South fish promotion. AWA was like the midwest
0: Was it like the fabulous Thunderbirds and those guys up in AWA? I think so. That right. sounds familiar. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the WWF, which was like the new New York, New England territory.
2: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Vince McMahon started when Vince McMahon bought the company from his dad, Vincent Kennedy, uh, or Vincent, I'm sorry, Vincent Kennedy is the Vince we know now. Vincent J McMahon, is dad, when Vince Kennedy McMahon took over the Vince. We know now he started buying up all the little territories and putting people out of business. And you know, that caused a whole kerfuffle. But uh, so then Scott Hall ends up in, you know, travels the, the 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 country and, and goes and wrestles over in Japan and Germany and Puerto Rico. And then he manages, uh, he comes back to WCW in like early nineties, 91, 92. And that's when he becomes known as the diamond stud working with, future w you know uh world champion diamond dallas page who became his manager and scott hall you know was known as the diamond study wear like an earring and you know just like a cool club type guy and uh diamond dallas page was uh like he got into the business really late he was like late 30s early 40s i think even you know well maybe not early 40s but like late 30s when he got in he was just as big as all the other wrestlers but he was a talker, so he was a manager. Mm-hmm. Kind of gave uh, Scott Hall his big break.
0: So DDP was not like double DP. <laughs> it was with not four penises. <laughs> There's Diamond Dallas. Diamond Page. Dallas Page. Yeah, not in this sense. It's a diamond cutter, right? right? Correct. He
2: would go on to like in the late nineties become huge in WCW.
0: Yep. Double DDP. That sounds painful.
2: <laughs> Is that what I said? Double DDP. <laughs> no, you just said DDP, and I was just clarifying Sorry. for
0: people that doesn't mean a double D double DP. It's true. <laughs> like a quad. P, <laughs> quad penetration. Gosh, <laughs> what
2: well, could I don't even. Want Sorry, that. I'm, I'm really I've never been to that
0: part of Pornhub before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then finally, in 1992, he signs with the WWE, and you know, back then, like in the early 90s, WWE was going through a phase where it's like everybody had like a occupational gimmick. Like there was like you know, Boss Man the big boss man, a police officer. There was like the hog farmers, hockey players, surgeons, <laughs> de- you know, dentists <laughs> like, and these are like maybe not 92, but these would come in, the, you know, the nineties. Well, so Scott Hall knew like Scott Hall and self admittedly grew up like an army brat. Like I think he, he grew up in Germany. His dad was big time in the military. And so Scott knows like, Oh, I'm meeting with Vince McMahon, you know, he's going to ask me what my background is. Like, I need to go in prepared with something. Cause I don't want to be an army guy. Like, you know, sometimes that's like the kiss of death, you know, having a, you know, a dentist is not going to be your world champion, you know, right? Yeah, stuff like that. So he had in his mind, uh, uh, the name razor and, I, I from though I guess from what I had recently I had watched an interview with him from obviously before he passed and he said him and Mister Perfect Kurt Hennig who he was close with from working in AWA had talked about the movie Scarface and and kind of using that and so in his meeting with Vince he brought it up and did this Scarface impression for for Vince well Vince McMahon had. Because he lives in his own bubble, had never seen Scarface. He doesn't even watch movies, right? I, really? I, yeah, I don't. I think he kind of does his own thing. I heard once that he's a big fan of Sons of Anarchy, though. Like he was okay. watching that like on the airplane, like when he had downtime. Okay. I like Sons of
0: the Anarchy. So, side uh, note: I saw my grandpa took me to see Scarface when I was twelve years old, <laughs> and it was in 1983, and it was the most <laughs> times that f word had been said in a movie to to date. I think we've discussed this. It before. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm like this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I heard fuck like (laughs) 180 times. It's fucking fantastic. So he does this like uh, on the spot impression
2: uh, with Kurt Hennig in the meeting with Vince to like kind of say like, oh, this is like the idea I have for the razor gimmick. And of course, Vince is like, I fucking love it. (laughs) And uh, so they went, I think like, you know, back in the day, like they used to do like vignettes for guys like on the streets, like Jeff Jarrett, they did in Nashville razor. They did in Miami, but like. They like even Bruce Pritchard tell stories. Now Bruce Pritchard like an executive with WWE. Like they never got like approval or clearance or any of the paperwork. They would just do it like gorilla style, like show mm. up record <laughs> and then just get the fuck out. Like that's what <laughs> they would do. Um, so they would show up, you know, this is where we're, we're, we're going to play a clip here. This is one of the first vignettes for Razor Ramon and a vignette. You know, they would air him on TV, like kind of like hyping, like, oh, this new superstar is coming to the World Wrestling Federation.
0: And so this is uh, the first one for Razor Ramon. He's like wearing a Don Johnson, Miami Vice white blazer with no shirt underneath (laughs) well and so what he said was
2: he i I just heard this he said that that they sent the company down they were like gonna meet up and like with with him and be like oh we're gonna you know we'll take you out we'll buy you some clothes for the gimmick and he goes guys like i can't just buy clothes off the rack because he's he's a big fit guy Mm. he's like i have to get stuff custom made to weigh it you know to wear how it fits so he's like i bought they bought me one outfit and then i went out and got my own stuff and then just showed up to vince and was like can I, you know, wear more than one? Because if you're going to show four weeks of vignettes, I don't be wearing the same fucking clothes and look like I'm, you know, a bum. So I want to have different outfits. So, yeah, so he's got a white suit on in this vignette. And here we go
0: Ramon. Razor Ramon. I call from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look
1: at the gold. Look at my
2: clothes. I'm a success. That's great. Dave, I said play a clip of Razor, not Al Pacino. (laughs) (laughs) Look
0: at the gold. (laughs) I'm a success.
2: Well, so it was during this run. He was in WWE for about four years, four time intercontinental champion, had the infamous ladder match with Shawn Michaels, which WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 10. A lot of people consider that, a, you know, one of the greatest
1: matches of all time. I think you and I are on the same page with that, that the second one's the best.
2: I think that Better ladder, of the two. I think that ladder match at WrestleMania 10 is the most overrated match in WWE history. <laughs> not to say that it's bad, but yeah. it's certainly not fantastic.
1: I watched them both today. Yeah. Again, uh, SummerSlam, I think, holds Way up. better. Yeah. Way better. It tells a story more yeah. with Sean getting his leg
2: busted up the whole time. I think that, that Razor-Sean match, and that's from SummerSlam 95, uh, might be Razor's best match. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, it's a good match. And Shawn was wearing fantastic tights though that day. Was that the yeah. teal, the teal tights, right? White boots. Yeah, yeah. teal oh, yeah. tights. The teal tights with the black.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's like, yep. <laughs> oh, Try not to chub up over here. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> the first one, I like the finish of the one from WrestleMania 10. How but Sean that. gets caught in the ropes with his leg. Yeah. He finally gets out, and then his
2: arm gets caught in the ropes. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good finish. That's, it's a that's really unique. good finish. It's just different. Like, you know, nowadays they have these ladder matches and, you know, they have 15, 20 ladders and it's all crazy. Right. That match, they had one ladder and they didn't even have a backup for WrestleMania 10. They literally had one ladder. If that would have broke, they didn't know how they would have done the finish. It, they look back in that afterwards, you know, because at the time they didn't think anything of it. Right. But they're like, well, what the fuck will we have done if that ladder would have broke? And for those who don't know, a ladder matches, you know, they kind of hang the belt from like the the rafters to like, you know, 20 feet above the ring. And the guys have to like fight and then climb a ladder to grab the belt to win. So it's a very stupid gimmicky match. (laughs) And when you watch it, like it, it just exploits how, you know, fake wrestling could be because it's like a guy gets knocked out. But, you know, if Ian knocks me out and he's slowly climbing the ladder and you're like, motherfucker, just climb the ladder and grab the belt, this would be over. but they're I like, I gotta dig deep right, and I gotta climb right, exactly. and I gotta
0: climb.
2: Yeah, that's that dig one deep. Step and, like, more. and like they take two steps up and they start reaching.
0: Like motherfucker, <laughs> you're 12 feet away. Go up
2: and reach. Like you don't have to start down there. <laughs>
1: well, that was the thing with the SummerSlam one was uh, uh, Scott Hall pulled a second ladder out from under, the, from under the ring for that one. Yeah. And Vince was like, I don't even know if that ladder is legal or not. So, you know, playing up on this, right. how crazy it is that a second ladder got involved.
2: Well, and so you, I haven't seen this, that second one in a while. You did today. At the end, when Sean falls off the ladder, that was not supposed to happen. You can tell. Yeah. yeah. Razor called the spot then where he was going to he charged Sean and char, Sean backflipped him out of the ring and then climbed back up. That was just an on the spot because that was not part of the, the, the planned finish. The ladder gave out on Sean when he was trying to get the belt. I feel like in that era, like nine, what was that? 95, 1995,
1: 95 through WrestleMania 14. You could tell when shit went wrong by Sean's body language. He and gets matches. Pissed. Yeah. He get yeah. he used to get real mad. A little bit of a cry baby. Yeah. A like bit. a whiner and yeah. Yeah.
2: Not, not the most professional. He was slam. He was
1: <laughs> after that spot goes wrong. He just kind of slamming the ladder around a little bit. You know, you could tell he was pissed off. Yeah. Same with the beginning of that match because they put the ladder or
2: they put the belt up too high. Oh, I do. I forgot about that. And f- isn't he like bitching at the ref or something? He's real mad. Yeah. They but fucked can, up. But can you imagine if the belt was too high, you know, and you, you, you have like a 12 foot ladder and you're like, motherfucker, I can only go so high. And they're like, what are they going to do? Like, they like lower the belt right. while you're standing
0: there. Like, the most anticlimactic thing in the history of wrestling. Might be a long match till they figure out how they're going right. to fix that. Yeah, they had the Someone's got to run down. to fucking Home Depot and get like a 30
2: foot ladder. <laughs> but I don't know. This is when Scott Hall, you know, or Razor Ramon, you know, became the household name that, you know, he would go on to be. He was never a world champion and throughout his entire career, but he was always like the guy, and he'll say this himself he was the guy that people would work with before you went on to the main event. Like if, if you could do well with Mm. Scott Hall, have a good story, have good matches. All right. Now you've passed the test. Now you go work with Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, you know, the world champs.
1: And he worked with all those guys too. Yeah. Oh, but he didn't have a problem putting people over. No, he didn't.
2: He didn't. Scott Hall is one of the coolest wrestlers of all time. Just charisma just over. Like you want to root for him. He didn't have to win all the time for you just to get behind him.
0: Are there guys like that now whose main job is to put people over like that and they're never going to be a champion, but they're kind of b plus list? Wrestlers.
2: Nowadays, it's different because I feel like they put fucking world titles on everybody. Um, there's a lot of belts nowadays, too. There's so many belts. It's different than it was back mm. then. Back then, it was, what, the tag belts, the intercontinental belt, and the world title. And They threw the European in, what, like, 97? Yeah, after Scott Hall was already in WCW, but WCW had its own belts, but... Uh, so, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are. I would have to really go back, Dave, and look and, and think about that. But it's different now. I feel like they strap world titles on people that probably don't even need Like the Scott Halls nowadays would have been like a, a five-time world champ because right. they, they right. fucking use the belt just like a prop type thing. Which, I mean, it is a prop. Well, you have three of them, so, you know. Well, yeah, but I've won mine in various <laughs> grapplers competitions. It's, it's well documented.
1: Before we move past the ladder matches there's that thing that gets said all the time about how Sean had a match with the ladder. Yeah. That didn't need Scott Hall in those matches that or at least the first one.
2: But WrestleMania 10 and yeah. from what was like 94. Yeah. That Sean had a match with a
1: ladder. I think that's really unfair to Scott Hall.
2: It is. And I, the interview I just recently watched with Scott, he addressed it and he was like, I don't care. He's like, people can say whatever they want. He's like, Sean and I had a great match. I know what I did. Sean was a star of the match, but, you know, I did my part and people can think what they want. Yeah, If you don't have the right partner, you know, it's never going to work. Sean was great in those matches, but Scott was good too. Scott actually said after their 95 match, the SummerSlam one, Sean Michaels is widely known as one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. And Scott said that after the 95 match, they got backstage and Sean said to Scott, you know, you're the only one who doesn't consider yourself my equal. And Scott said that I took that as the greatest compliment I've ever heard, you mm. know, in my career. So take that for what it's worth. This is like a real life type thing. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Waltman, who was the one, two, three kid and Triple H, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley all had their real life they were like best friends backstage. The click they were known as the click. The click. They played the backstage politics. You know, they played ribs on other people. A lot, was a lot politics of politics going on. A there. lot of politics. A lot of controversy backstage uh, from that group. And I guess it all kind of culminated when Scott in 1996, when WWE and WCW were having like their big, you know the rivalry was getting to like a heated pace. WCW now had Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and you know all these big names. They were now WCW which was Ted Turner's money right. were offering guaranteed contracts. WWE at this point was not offering guaranteed money. They were offering guaranteed dates like uh, 15 I think it was like $1500 for 10 dates. Mm. Guaranteed That was the guarantee. Wow. But now on top of that, you can make, you know, whatever from your pay-per-views and your merchandise and, you know, your cut of the house and stuff like that. WCW was offering these guys huge contracts, you know, close to a million bucks a year to jump ship. So Scott Hall and his friend Kevin Nash in May of 96 were going to leave to go to WCW and uh, left. Well, their last night in the company, in the WWE, they, as we said earlier, Kayfabe, broke Kayfabe in the middle of the ring at Madison Square Garden and were hugging their friends, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, who were, you know, they were a mix of good guys and bad guys. And wait, they <laughs> right. can't be hugging in the middle of the ring. Like right. this is blasphemy.
1: Jim Cornette was real mad about that. There are
2: people in the business that are still mad to this day about it.
1: Yeah, they broke character in front of everybody.
2: They broke character in front of everyone to say goodbye to their friends because they were leaving the company, which is essentially what it was. And then
0: uh, a lot of neckbeards in the audience probably were not not real <laughs> pleased with. Well, that and there's the only place, right? the
2: only footage of that is yeah. the fan cam, right? Like the it's just a fans video footage of the 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 what is it called the uh, the a curtain call mm-hmm. they called it. Um, so you know they, there's not even WWE cameras there; it's just a fans video. Yeah. And you can hear the fans like, "What? What is this? What is? Are you telling me they're all friends?" It's still <laughs> real
0: to me, damn it. Yeah, right, right.
2: <laughs> so, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall leave, and then that's when they go to WCW, and the NWO is born. And arguably, the NWO was the biggest thing in wrestling history, right? I mean, you have Hulkamania, you have Austin 316, and you have the NWO, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. The way they executed it was very well done, with Scott just randomly showing up. We used that in the intro. Yeah, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here Yeah, because he, <laughs> he just randomly w- showed up
2: a WWE guy who just like jumps the barricade in street clothes, shows up on Nitro WCW show and just starts talking. And this was before the Internet when, you know, before people knew like, oh, he left his contract last week and, you know, he's here now. Right. And they played it off like it was a WWF invasion. And it was Scott Hall saying, "Like I'm here, and I'm gonna take over this company. And you know who you know. You know who I am. You don't know why I'm here." And then he gets. Then Kevin Nash shows up a few weeks later, and they're talking about, "Well, there's two of us now. Just wait for that third man. That third man's coming, and he's gonna. You know, <laughs>
0: then we're really
2: gonna take over." And then that leads to what Bash at the Beach. Yeah, which was
1: uh, so Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, their mysterious third man yeah. against. Sting, Lex Luger, and Macho Man. Yeah. Everyone's got the Sting paint
2: on. <laughs> For Sting's team, yeah. Yeah. That neon paint and all And it's that.
1: like they gradually take everybody out. Like they hurt Lex Luger first. He gets taken out on a stretcher. Macho Man gets fucked up, and it's like kind of down to Sting. He's getting beat up. And then the third guys, is- And as they're, as
2: they're double teaming Sting, yeah, and then...
1: Hulk Hogan comes out and <laughs> the ultimate good guy becomes the heel.
2: Yeah, because Hogan's coming out and you're thinking, oh, he's, he's going to stick up for WC. Because remember what we said w, WCW already had Savage and Hogan for a few years now. Yeah. So they were WCW guys. And, you know, you're thinking Hogan's going to, you know, stick up for WCW. Here he goes. And then he drops the leg on Randy Savage. <laughs> yep. It's like, god damn. It's and great. everybody starts fucking
1: throwing cups in the yeah. well see, here's <laughs> the thing. The WCW crash.
2: had no control over their fans. In WWE, you will rarely see shit thrown in the ring. I mean, it happens, but rarely. WCW was no holds barred. Those fans threw everything in the ring. That whole ring was filled with trash. Yeah. Is that the, is that the clip where it's oh, not oh. With the Scott you're thinking of? Yeah, that was where he later gets hit on. In the head,
0: he just brushes <laughs> no. his hair back. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's one of the greatest clips ever, and
2: that's what makes him so fucking cool. <laughs> what Dave's referring to is Scott Hall's cutting a promo in the ring. This was in the heyday of NWO, and because it's no holds barred in WCW, like a fan throws a full beer. Like in a plastic cup, yeah. and it hits Scott Hall right in the head, <laughs> and Scott Hall just takes his hands, rubs his his hands through his hair because his hair is already slicked back. Just using, and there's keeps going with his promo, doesn't miss a beat. He's a fucking professional.
1: Hulk Hogan is cutting like a shoot promo almost for that, talking about how he built WWE up to what it is and all this stuff.
2: Did you? Like, I've always he found going hard on them. I always found Hulk Hogan's NW promos to be so boring and so long. And just like, you're like, dude, this is a snooze fest. That one wasn't bad just because it's like, uh,
1: I guess like, Oh, Oh fuck. He's calling out the, uh, the competition and
2: you know, yeah, big heated thing. Yeah. I don't know. I his, his promos after that. At least I was just like, dude, these are long. And I think even Kevin Nash, We'll tell stories now. Kevin Nash was diesel in the WWF. And, you know, maybe someday we'll talk more about Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is cool. Kevin Nash is a cool dude. Uh Him and Scott Hall were best <clears throat> friends uh, up until the end. Um, Kevin Nash will talk about how, like, if him and Scott knew they weren't going to work that night, like in the ring, it was in Hulk's contract with WCW that he could have beer in his locker room. So they'd be just drinking. The entire day, like you had to show up at like one o'clock for TVs. Then I go on the air till eight nine o'clock. He, Kevin Nash goes, Hulk. Would, we we'd know Hulk's cutting those fifteen minute promos. We'd be out there shit face. You just put sunglasses on, you know. You might stagger a little bit. That's all you got to do. You just go to the back. Like what a life. Well, that's why I like guaranteed about- million a year. You show up, you yeah, know, just fucking around. Yeah, with your well, I mean, I guess we show up just fuck around and get drunk with our bodies. We're not getting a million a
0: year, but. So was Bischoff was running the show at this at those years, right? Yeah, Eric was Bischoff. In charge.
2: Eric Bischoff was like the president of WCW, mm-hmm. and uh, like he reported to Ted Turner. Is that how that was set up? He he didn't report directly to Ted Turner. He had other people there, yeah. but they were like like the people at like the CNN towers looked like snubbed their noses at like oh this the wrestling. Sure, bunch. sure. Meanwhile, Ted Turner though had a hard on because like he wanted to put Vince McMahon out of business. Oh, absolutely. This was yeah. his toy. So like, that's oh, fun. Eric Bischoff tells the story. like he had a meeting set up one day with like whoever he reported to, and Ted Turner. Oh man, I'm trying to remember. Bischoff had a plan. He wanted to do something. But 20 seconds into the conversation with Tur- Ted Turner, Ted Turner goes, "Well, Eric, what do we need to do to compete with Vince McMahon?" And Bischoff's like, "I was so caught off guard. He goes, "I don't. Two hours live every Monday night." Ted Turner looks at his guy and goes, Give Eric two hours every every Monday night on TNT, and Bischoff's like, "Oh fuck!" Like this was before I there was they, WCW had live and right. WWF was doing Monday Night Raw live on USA Network. WCW was still doing like Saturday nights like taped in mm-hmm. advance. Now Bischoff's like, "Oh fuck, I got to do two hours live every week." I didn't think he was going to say yes, but that's what Ted Turner was just throwing whatever he could. You know, he, he didn't notice it was fucking just money going. So Bischoff had this money that he could just make contract offers to spend money on whatever. And yeah, um, Bischoff came up with the NWO idea. And then, you know, it gets debated, you know, did Bischoff help the company? Did he hurt the company? What did he do? I like Eric Bischoff. I think he's got a good mind. But Eric Bischoff also keeps a residence in Cody, Wyoming. I'm a big fan of Cody, Wyoming as well. Established I, I, think this, we,
0: uh, I think we've discussed that before. Okay.
2: Well, I'm just reminding everybody.
0: <laughs> You're planning a trip out there,
2: right? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
0: I remember I used to play Bischoff in the NWO uh, PlayStation. Did game. you get your
2: sure ass whooped? Like his his what was his like?
0: I, I don't ranking? know. I like just
2: remember 60? playing Bischoff all the time. I don't remember <laughs> why. He probably was fast and had really good kicks. But goddamn,
0: I might be misremembering that. Who knows?
2: So, I guess, and again, I don't want to draw this all out, but you know, we talked about. I guess we didn't talk about it, but during this time, like, like Scott Hall is, is notorious, like big drinker. He had a lot of demons in his real life. What was I telling you, Dave? I think I heard an interview with Kevin Nash where he said that one night him, Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall split like 33 somas each <laughs> while mixing booze with it. like, in the '90s, that was the lifestyle for wrestlers. Yeah. Like they they couldn't they couldn't do a weed. That was against the the, the the drug policy. So meanwhile, they're they're pilling themselves up and they're drinking all this alcohol. And like you know, that's why a lot of these guys have have passed. You know, really because of you know the the
0: toll it took on their bodies. I don't know how you can even do that. I, I think about drinking all night and then wrestling the next day. Like it's what like eleven o'clock Friday night now. I've been drinking for a few hours. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm laying on my couch until like three o'clock tomorrow afternoon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think well, about you're going you're a into a ring and and right.
0: being slammed through a table or. I'm, well, and on
2: top of that, Dave, <sighs> if you're a wrestler, you'd have to wake up. And again, your show just ends at eleven. You're now gonna drink till three or four. Right. Sleep. Travel.
0: Go work out. Then get to the building and then go work that night. I don't even know how that's humanly possible. I'm not gonna move until three p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> And, and, then then you do, nothing. and then when
2: you do it, it's going to be like eat a Wendy's triple cheeseburger yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to roll back over and go to sleep. Um, Sorry. Continue. No. So that my whole point was like uh, Scott Hall had us admitted, like he came from an alcoholic family. His mom and his dad were, were raging alcoholics. He, uh, he suffered through alcoholism and just substance abuse his entire life. And it, you know, his career probably could have went on a lot longer had it not been for that. WCW closed in 2001 when WWF bought them out. WWF brought the NWO into the WWE in 2002. Yeah. February of 02, by May of 02, Scott Hall was fired mm. because of his his antics and the Plane Ride from Hell was the final straw, which if we end up ever end up doing a wrestling show, the Plane Ride from Hell will be its own That's a good story episode. But allegedly Scott Hall um sexually assaulted a stewardess on, the, on a, a flight attendant, excuse me, on the, uh, on the, the flight. And, uh, when, you know, by the time the dust settled and they landed the plane, it was the flight from the plane ride from hell is, was a, uh, overseas. It was a chartered flight that WWE had from Europe back to the United States, but it got delayed. They were on the ground for so long. And you just have all these wrestlers sitting on a plane, taking pills, doing whatever, extracurriculars, drinking. They went through three different drink carts before they even took <laughs> off on the plane ride from hell. So you would just you have all these guys who are, you know, who can hold their drug and alcohol to yeah. an extent on this 12-hour flight, you know, Scott Hall ended up passing out. He claims that he thinks he was H-bombed, which is a uh, halcyon someone put in his drink because he goes look i i i've always been very open about what i can do i know my tolerance i did not have enough to be blacked out he claims he was blacked out when he he sexually assaulted the 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 flight attendant anyways they get back and you know the plane lands and he was uh he was let go by the wb Mm. and what year was this 2002 and so after that, he made appearances in like TNA, which is Total Nonstop Action, another company that Impact Wrestling, it's known as now. It's not tits and ass. It's not tits and ass in this <laughs> sense, but okay. I think that's what they were playing off of. <laughs> Understood. And then a lot of like like uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling, our good friends in St. Clown Posse, wow. did a lot of appearances for them over the years. But, you know, never really got back to anything big. I think because of the substance abuse. You would, you know, you can Google Scott Hall and just see probably fifteen different mug shots. You know, things like that.
0: Like by that time in the industry, WWE had taken over everything, right? Yes, sir. So if After, you get fired from them, you're kind of relegated to the the minor league, so to speak, the indie.
2: Absolutely. Other indie than like wrestling. that TNA Impact Wrestling, which yeah. was
0: around, but like, you know, they're nowhere near. That's the your level. options. That's what else you're gonna do. That's it. So,
2: the, I mean, that's that's your life. Either you leave wrestling or you do that. There's no other big-time promotion to go mm. to once WCW went under. I think before we get to, like, the wrap-up part, Ian, I think you had a list of some matches. Yeah, there was a bunch that I watched. We already
1: talked about Bash at the Beach, and we talked about the ladder matches. The one that I watched today, one of the ones that stood out to me, was um, uh, Royal Rumble
2: 1993 versus Bret Hart. For the WWF title. That was a good, it was a good match. Yeah. Was that, I was gonna be a nerd and be like, was that Sacramento?
1: It just starts off as a fucking good match. <laughs> Bret Hart goes out, you know, gives the sunglasses to the kid like he does in every, you know, before every match. And then Razor Ramon, he just walks up, takes his toothpick on, and fucking flicks it at the kid.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, that's great.
1: <laughs> like as soon as Brett walks away from the kid he just walks out and fucking flicks it at this kid
0: and
2: that was Bret Hart's gimmick right like he would take a sunglass like he wore these you know special pink and black sunglasses to the ring right. he'd always give them to some little kid and then Scott Hall fucking throws a toothpick <laughs> and that was Scott Hall's thing he he always had a toothpick in his mouth and then one behind his ear uh-huh. That's awesome. That's he fucking nailed Love that it. kid. That's heel heat. That's heel heat. <laughs> that is the most heel
1: thing to to do ever. <laughs> <laughs> Flick a toothpick at a kid's face. <laughs> yeah. I would say so. <laughs> but it was it was a good match. I I enjoyed that match a lot.
2: They had a match uh later that year in June at King of the Ring uh which was like a tournament and they were the opening match of the tournament. It was also really good. And maybe even better than the Royal Rumble one, but uh yeah, another good match.
1: It had a good finish with Brett turning around a a sharpshooter on him. Yeah. Uh and then another one that I watched, which was just absolutely absurd, was uh Razor versus the One Two Three Kid with Ted DiBiase in the one, two, three kids corner. Oh, the heel like, one, two, three kid. Yes. It was a uh
2: uh In Your House Six. Who's the one two three kid? Sean Waltman. X Pac. Oh, okay. X Pac he became known as. So yeah. when he first came in to the WWF, he was kind of like a job guy, but then they did this angle. Where he beat Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw when Razor was a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, this little job kid just beat Razor Ramon. And because, like, you know, he pinned Razor one, two, three, he became known as the one, two, three kid. Got it. So then, and then he was one of the ones that became part of the clique and friends with Razor Mm -hmm. and Diesel and all that. And then what Ian's talking about then is he went heel, he became a bad guy teamed up with the the, the dastardly million-dollar man <laughs> who was a manager at this point and then had a match at In Your House 6. So, uh, Rage the, in the Cage. Rage in the Cage. So that would have been... Oh, is that the, the Crybaby match? Yep, that's yeah. what I was going to say. February of 1996, <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. <In> this <laughs> guy... This
0: encyclopedic knowledge just
2: kills me. Uh, oops! I don't know how you can fucking remember that. I don't know either. I just do. I, I really don't know how. I don't actually study it.
1: Uh, one, two, three. Kid comes walking out, pushing a stroller, and there's a, a teddy bear in the stroller, and has a bottle, and there's like a diaper and stuff. <laughs> like a heel, like a real heel. Yep. And then uh, so the match ends, and like a, you know, Teddy Biassi's trying to get involved. He's talking shit to Razor. Razor turns around and one, two, three kid has all this baby powder ready to throw in his face. Razor blocks it, fucking throws it back in his face, pins him. But at the end, Razor puts a diaper on Sean Waltman, like picks his fucking leg up, changes his diaper, takes the bottle and is like spraying milk all over his face.
2: Meanwhile, like Waltman's still wearing all of his tights. It's not like he's He's just spraying it on his tights.
1: So he gets the diaper on him, like actually puts his diaper on him. And then takes all this baby powder and just fucking throws it all over his face.
2: <laughs> so good. I forgot all about that.
1: I'm like, this is one of the most absurd things.
2: <laughs> I think it was a diaper match. Wasn't it? Like yeah, that was something like whoever that. lost was going to get put in a diaper. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Ugh. And then like, I, like when he put his leg up, he had the diaper and then he had the, the baby power too. So when he put his leg up, I'm like, what's he, is he going to like for real put baby power? What like <laughs>
2: the fuck is happening? Here? I was like, Hey man, this ain't the first time I changed a diaper. You don't want to get dry or uh, moist down there. The other thing that uh,
1: that I made note of today too, with uh, like just how cool of a heel he was, like flicking the uh, toothpick in the kid's face. Yeah. The second ladder match was Sean. He's like looking like he's going to set up the ladder. And Vince is like, oh, Razor is going to set up the ladder. And then he just like lets it go on Sean's leg and like shrugs <laughs> his shoulder and walks away. It's just,
2: just little things like yeah. that make him so good in the ring. Underrated guy. So I think we might have, maybe we talked about it before, but anyways, we talked about Diamond Dallas Page earlier in like 2013 2014 Diamond Dallas Page got one of his friends Jake the Snake to come live with him. At the time Jake the Snake was strung out on all of the drugs and the alcohols. Crack was a big one, right? I think that was that was at his lowest point. Yeah, yeah. he was he was on crack. And that's all documented in a fantastic documentary called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Um, even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you want a redemption story, the resurrection of Jake the Snake is absolutely phenomenal. It's pretty
0: good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you
2: don't even have to like wrestling to mm-hmm. like this. But like, you know, early in the movie, they get a call, and this is all this is not fake. This is real life, you know, an actual documentary, real life stuff. They get a call from Scott Hall, who is telling these guys, I'm I'm dying. You know, he's he's not coherent. Diamond Dallas Page invites Scott Hall to come live with him and Jake the Snake too in uh, Smyrna, Georgia. It's Diamond Dallas Page's house. He calls it the accountability crib. And Scott Hall becomes like a, a, a secondary character in this Jake the Snake movie where these guys are getting rehabilitated, uh,
0: sobering up, kind of finding them themselves again. Well, you see him get there at the airport and he's in a wheelchair and a lot worse than they expected when they, when yeah. they told him to come down. Yeah. He's all bloated and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking to see him the way he shows up.
2: And then I remember one of the first scenes is diamond Dallas page has developed this new, like, and I think he, he, it's like a a manly type yoga called DDP yoga, which, you know, you can find out there everywhere him. He, he tries, he, the first day he's trying to train Scott Hall on the yoga and you literally hear Scott Hall's hip popping in and out like while they're doing it. Like he's just, he's broken down. He's, you know, He's at his, uh, his, you know, he's at he's at the end of his, you know, the end of his run with the way he was going. Um, but anyways, he was featured heavily in that. Him and Jake the Snake both recovered at that point. And in 2014, Razor Ramon Scott Hall was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame uh, and then was again inducted in 2020 as a member of the NWL. Two-time WWE Hall of Famer.
1: It's crazy to see him. In that documentary, and then see him giving the Hall of Fame speech, the one twenty fourteen. The one that we used in the intro for this. Uh-huh.
2: But bad guys do.
1: Yeah. He looks like a completely different person. He looks so good. Yeah. After he got clean and uh and took care of his body some more. And was able to move around better.
2: Cause he always had a great physique, like when he was when he was in shape and when he was doing the work. But yeah, you know. He, he was just on a bad path with whatever he was doing. And and there's videos out there. I mean, if you YouTube it, like him showing up at those independent promotions in front of 30 people, and they have to carry him to the ring. Uh-huh. Yeah. like Just a documentary we watched a couple weeks ago. Right. Really bad. And then, you know, there's there's the documentary, like what we watched on the network. Uh-huh. ESPN did one of their 30 for 30s on him. And then there's the resurrection of Jake, the snake, but you can find a lot of that stuff and Jake, the snake too. Like both of them, there's stuff with them and their independent promotions, like, you know, fans getting in their faces and you know, these guys are not even coherent. They don't know what they're doing. There's one from here in town with Jake, the snake
0: in Lakewood. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That one was a mess. That one actually, if I remember correctly, that like kind of went viral and spread around the internet big time.
2: Unfortunately, all of this stuff with both guys went viral. Yeah. You know, Scott Hall has said he had tried the 12 steps like 10 or 15 times. It didn't work. He finally met with a counselor who told him he had to address. They didn't think he was an alcoholic. They thought he was using drugs and alcohol to bury other feelings he had. Part of it he attributes to perhaps his excuse me, his mom and dad being alcoholics. The other thing was in 1983, he was working as a bouncer outside of a nightclub in Orlando and got into an altercation with a guy over a girl. And the guy pulled a gun on Scott. They ended up wrestling around. Scott got the gun, shot the guy in the head and killed him. Scott never really addressed that. There was not enough evidence. He wasn't charged with anything because it was, you know, there was no evidence to charge him, I guess at the time, whatever the situation might be, self-defense. But he never dealt with that, those feelings. Or PTSD. They, and they think you know PTSD would, was, would have been a major part of it. So that mixed with the wrestling lifestyle, perhaps. Wasn't he initially charged and he dropped it? They, it was initially charged, but then there was just lack of evidence, yeah, they said. they so let it go, yeah. It was let go. So I don't know. I have a few other fun facts. Scott Hall, like we said earlier, he never was a world champion. For as big as he was, as good as he was, never won a world title in WWE or
0: WCW. Is he one of the top five wrestlers never to be a world champion? I would say the top three off the top of my head
2: would be Scott Hall, Roddy Piper, and Mr. Perfect. Roddy Piper's a big one. Yeah. And by world, I mean like WWE, NWA, WCW. They might have won them in small. Like I think Kurt Henning was an AWA world champion, but I'm not sure that, you know the big leagues I don't know if that counts so those would probably be the top three off the top of my head I'm sure there's more but Scott Hall never participated in a Royal Rumble match which I always found interesting that is interesting he was always in a uh, world title with like the one with Bret Hart or in an Intercontinental title match on the pre-show or Mm. like the you know the matches build up the last little fun tidbit Scott Hall came up or is credited with giving Sting the idea for like the crow face paint the black and oh, white there you that go. he came up with, yeah, mm. when he was uh, when he was feuding with the N.W.L. So. <laughs> Scott Hall had a great mind for the business. I know Shaw Wampman put after Scott passed away, you know, last month, uh, he was the smartest guy, of, smartest wrestling guy I've ever been around. Mm. His his mind for the business was fantastic. It's rare
1: too to see a guy or hear about a guy that was so willing to put other people over like that. Yeah. I feel like, and I listen to a lot of stuff about Shawn
2: Michaels. And by put over, you mean like he lose a match, let somebody else win. Right. That's what put over means. Like no big ego.
1: Yeah. Like Shawn Michaels is notorious for not wanting to drop belts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of criticism towards Triple H. Like Triple H never loses matches. Right. Um, You never hear that about Scott Hall. No. For him to put Sean Waltman over when Sean Waltman is just this average guy. A nobody. Sean yeah. Waltman is,
2: I mean... He didn't even have a fucking name. He was six <laughs> he got foot, the name afterwards. Right, six foot, 180 pounds. Like, you know, relatively speaking, that's smaller than all of us sitting here right now, you know? yeah. yeah. And he goes in the ring and he's going to beat Scott Hall, who's, you know, six foot whatever, 240 right. you know, 40 pounds of right. just muscle.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's something we'll talk... If this turns into something more there'll be a lot of conversations about egos and not wanting to lose and taking things a little too serious sometimes.
2: Well, and the thing with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash both is like, they were like, we don't give a fuck if we win or lose. Like we got, <laughs> I have a, a million dollars <laughs> right. guarantee. You can, you, you can put me on TV or not. You can beat me every night or not. Right. I'm getting a million dollars. Right. That's all that matters. But yeah, then that got- guaranteed,
1: added to the contract changes changes the opinion a lot
2: and Scott Hall was putting people over before he had the guarantee right because he knew it was important to build up younger guys but like I, I there was another story where when he was in WCW Scott Hall was going to wrestle a young Chris Jericho and the plan was for for Scott to go over win the match well he told Chris no you're gonna go out there you, you go over tell him it was on me I you know my <laughs> I made the call Jericho beats him. He gets the back. Bischoff starts cutting a promo on Scott, you know, yelling at him and stuff. And Scott's like, you know, I'm just trying to make this younger guy, you know, what are you going to do? Fire me? Like, you know, I'm a one million biggest, dollar contract yeah, guarantee. I'm one of the <laughs> biggest names you have here. Like, you know, and it, I don't know that might, like, he's just, he might be the coolest wrestler of all time. Like just, he was just so cool and laid back and chill.
1: Like, yeah, like I said, with the drop in the ladder on Sean's leg like that, just like this effortless <laughs>
2: yeah. bad guy shit. Yeah. And they used to say back in like, so before, like they were doing live TVs and WWF, you know, they were doing like a lot of syndication and stuff and everything was tape delayed and or, or taped and then edited. If he messed up a move, he would stop. He would look right at the camera and he would mouth take two. And then he would just do the same thing again. And then they would like, they're like, well, I guess now the the editors know, like, this is where you cut it. And he's going to do the same thing again. Like, that's so fucking cool. And like, that's not like fake. Like, that's the real life stuff that, you know, you hear about after the fact.
1: Looks like, I was shocked when I found out that Sean and Razor were working the ladder matches at house shows leading up to that. Because as a kid, you don't know any, there's no internet. There's nothing like that. So House
2: shows being the the non-televised events. Right. Yeah. Just in like like basic arenas. Right. So that was a big
1: shock to me. Like when I started, you know, reading about things more when I was getting older, it's like, oh fuck, they've been working on this for a while. Yeah. You just never knew.
2: Right. Well, and then I guess that's why the match gets so praised. They had it, you know, their system figured out. Yeah. Alright, last thing, you know, any any last, if you had to recommend a match or something for someone to watch, you got anything, Ian?
1: The ladder match from SummerSlam, 95. That's a good one. I think that's probably his best match, in my opinion.
2: Dave, anything from WCW you remember? Uh, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> I would defer to you guys. All right. Bash of <laughs> the Beach is worth watching from WCW. Is that June or July of 96? whatever it is bash at the beach 96 that's the one to watch i'm embarrassed i don't know but (laughs) i'm not a wcw expert but either way yeah i agree that's uh the match isn't the
1: greatest in the world but the nwo coming together at the end people throwing the trash hogan's cutting the promo and scott hall is like egging the crowd on the whole time like he's just walking around the (laughs) ring just getting people more and more fired up yeah so i think that one's worth watching
2: too all right. And then also that first promo when he comes to WCW, the, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. People are
1: like fucking shocked. Like nobody even knows what to do like What is happening? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, we just wanted to touch base on Scott Hall a little bit. Eh. What uh, match would you recommend? Well, I was going to say the SummerSlam one. So I'm trying to think now oh, okay. if there's going to be something else that I would recommend the match with the Bret Hart matches were good. Royal rumble 93 and King of the ring 93. I like those. Uh, his match with Diesel at SummerSlam '94, that's the one where it's for the Intercontinental Belt, and Sean is in Diesel's corner, and it's in Chicago, and so Razor has Walter Payton in his corner. That's a fun match, sweetness. And they told that's cool. stories afterwards where, like, they briefly went over the match in the back, and they went into the ring to like kind of rehearse it before the, you know, some spots. And they were like, oh, well, probably because they were on fucking SOMAs and booze. (laughs) None of them really remembered. Walter Payton remembered every single thing they had talked about and was like, no, 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 this is when you do this and you do this. And they attributed to like, he used to memorize plays like, you know, for football. He knows what he's doing. But they said he was such so great to work with and that him and Sean outside the ring had fantastic chemistry because Sean would like egg him on, and then as soon as Walter Payton made like a move towards Sean, the crowd would go nuts, and then (laughs) Payton would just like (laughs) stare at him. And, you know, it it would be incredible. That's great. So that was SummerSlam 94, so that's always a good one too. Real quick, because we always
1: talk about Shawn Michaels' tights. Big fan of Razor, all in red.
2: Yeah, he red always speedo, had good red, too.
1: red elbow pads, red well, boots.
2: Well, the one, the right elbow is always black. Right, yes. And the thing goes red on the left and then the knee pads and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. the red the red boots. He, a tongue, he would wear red, he would wear green, teal, yellow, black. Purple too, right? Purple. Yeah. Razor had some good tights.
0: Good but his was just colors.
2: It wasn't Yeah, designs. it never really changed. Yeah. Do you have your thoughts on Razor Ramon's uh, tights?
0: I am quite ambivalent on the <laughs> tight question. I will defer to you guys and get uh. your expert opinion.
2: Well, this was fun for me. This was uh, you know, just something figured we we do differently and hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I know this wasn't a typical Necronomipod, but just something we wanted to give you guys as a free uh a free bonus uh, available to everyone. So, um you know, if you liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, you don't have to let us know. We'll find out in the downloads. Thanks anyways, though. And, uh, you know, if we ever decide to make more of this, it's obviously not going to affect Pod. That's going to stay the same. So thank you guys very much, and we uh, check you later. Bye.